to laugh a little bit uh, today. We're in Philippians chapter 4, if you want to turn with us. And uh, Mr. Tommy, don't pick on me uh, last week when I sang a little bit, but y'all help me out a little bit, okay? Everybody ready? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart to stay. You guys are awesome. That sounds good, doesn't it? I mean, when people, you know, when y'all join me, it sounds even better. Um, again, I want to say thank you for being here while I was... Um, we're doing the offering, and thank you, Mr. Marable, for helping me. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, but Ethan said, a lot of people here today, Coach, don't mess up. <laughs> and, um, and, and he might have said that, you know, I think this day, I think this day and the two days that we had baptisms have been the most people we had. Um, so I just, I'll, and I'm going to add to this now. So uh, we said it a few times. Um, we're just going to either throw water on somebody every week, okay? All right, even, all right. Um, or, uh, or we're just going to say it's uh, it's a, a 50 year anniversary for somebody. Just uh, every week, and I'm just playing. Uh, no, we we do thank you for coming. Uh, to give you a little bit of background from part one from last week. Um, we we looked at the who and the what last week because with that idea of joy. Uh, and rejoicing, this is the same word there, um, and we looked at the who and the what last week, and, and I said that, man, the, the, uh, uh, Mr. Whalen can, can uh, relate to this, I'm sure, but I would have gotten, gotten an A from the Baptist Ministers Club, or whatever, if there is one, because I had a good alliteration going on there, brother, all right, so I had uh, a command, which it is a command uh, to, to rejoice, uh, character, was number two, and that was because it's a fruit of the Spirit, and it should be a part of our character. We, as Christians, we should have joy. Um, and yes, we have tough times, and we may not always be smiling, but uh, you should have joy as a Christian. It should be evident in your life. Um, then we looked at the definition, you know, one way to define joy is contentment in Christ, having that peace in Christ. And knowing that he, he's got it. He has everything under control. Then we looked at the fact that it was a cure for disagreements. And you can look back right a verse or two before, uh, verse 4 and chapter 4, and, and see that there was a, a disagreement between um, some ladies there. And, and uh, it seems to imply that a remedy for that disagreement was to have joy, uh, was to rejoice. And then, um, and then we looked at the fact that joy is contagious. Um, and, and then we ended it by talking about charge, that, it's, uh, that joy is a source of power. The joy of the Lord is your strength, as Nehemiah uh, said to the people uh, when he um, had the walls rebuilt. And so today we're going to continue. We're going to look at the when and the where. And then we're going to end with the why. We're going to concentrate on the when and the where. We're going to kind of uh, lump them together. Uh, and the main point being, we should rejoice in the Lord everywhere and all the time. Amen. All right, so pretty simple message today. Um, and, and so I guess, you know, since Paul says it twice, and he says rejoice in the Lord in verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. And so since he broke it up into two parts, and, and he said it twice, I think it's okay for me to break it up into two parts too, all right? Uh, and so as God's people, we have every reason to rejoice, amen? 
And, um, and if you're a new church, uh, you know, Jimmy's not here today to pick on me, but he says, uh, he tells me, Coach, uh, he says, he'll call me Coach, and he says, uh, you know, you don't give us enough time to respond whenever I say amen because I talk so fast. So I'm a little bit, if you don't know me uh, very, very well, I'm a little hyper, just a little bit, okay? Miss <laughs> Lowe uh, never knew that about me in school. Right. That's, a, that's a lie. All right. Um, my first day at high school in Miss Mitchell's class, I fell out of a rolling chair. All right. First day, fifth period, business class. I fell out of my chair. Okay. All right. So that gives you an idea about, about me there. So I might be back and Mr. Whalen give him a high five anytime during the service. So just be ready, bro. All right. Uh, so the Bible says to do this always. All right. But we're going to focus on a certain, you know, spe- uh, specified times and places. And uh, we're, uh, we're going to lump the when and the where together. And, Mr. Whalen, you'll be proud of this as well. And the rest of the Baptist preachers will because I have another alliteration today. Okay? All right? And so we'll have four things. When people, when people repent, when prayers are answered, and then we'll look at when, when we face problems and difficulties, and then when we partner with each other. Okay? So those are the areas that we're going to look at today. Uh, number one being when people repent. Now, do you guys remember when, uh, when those of you in here who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, do you remember when you gave your life to Christ? Amen. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I, you know, the whole uh, expression that, you know, you, can, you, you wanted to charge the gates of hell with a hand grenade, you know, it was, yeah, I'd take a couple toothpicks, I'd be ready to go. You know, I, I was, you know, just so excited and, and so much joy whenever I first gave my life, uh, my, my life to Christ. Um, but do we have the, similar, the same type feelings whenever someone else makes that same decision? You know, we should because the angels in heaven rejoice. All right? And we should have that same type of reaction. And, and I didn't know I was going to say this, and Sally's probably going to be like, oh, I have to bring the story up again. I'm not going to go in great detail because, as I told you all last week, I'm doing my best to, to not preach so long, man. I, I tell you, I, didn't know, I had no idea I'd be a, 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 such a long-winded preacher. So uh, I'm trying to cut that down. Um, but, you know, uh, Miss Jan said we don't have to start eating until 1 o'clock, so we're good. Um, just playing, just playing. All right, some of y'all are like, man, this will be the last time you see me, brother. All right. uh, but anyway... <laughs> but um, whenever, whenever we were, we weren't dating at the time. This is this is pre-Sally for me. Okay, this is my wife Sally, my beautiful girls here. Didn't Caitlin do a great job reading the work today? Good job, babe. But uh, but anyway, we were. I was at a youth rally in um, Tampa in 1999. It was called Youth Link 2000. It was the end of the year. So it was December in the year, and um, it was a really great weekend. Okay. Now, side note is that. Um, Sally and I were not dating, okay? Um, um, not, not on my part, like I would have dated for sure, but, uh, but it just, you know, has to hurry in there. And so, um, and, and, uh, so we were at the uh, Youth Link 2000, and I had like two or three teenagers that were saved that weekend. It was, I was pumped, okay, as a youth pastor, man. I'm just, you know, and I'm, I'm really excited. We're having a blast, and then like, all of a sudden, like, I'm, I think I'm giving a, a teenager a doogie or something, or I, I'm doing something, you know, messing with a teenager. And one of my, some of my youth were like, Coach, Coach, Coach. I said, What? Says, this, you know, this lady wants to speak to you. And it was Sally, you know. And I was like, Oh, hey, how you doing? I, went, I gave her a hug. And then she kind of looked at me like, Um, 
like, please don't touch me again. Uh, and she's like, I can't believe you said that, uh, uh, Patrick. But uh, I guess the point of that story was um, not just pick on Sally a little bit, but I was just so excited, man. Everybody was so excited because the, these young men, um, you know, these young ladies had given their life to Christ, and, and we were rejoicing. Uh, and that should be how, how we, what we do. Um, and so, uh, okay, we talked, that we, we talked about the prodigal son. It was even mentioned in that video, which was kind of funny video, I thought. Y'all, y'all getting the jokes? All right, that was really funny. Um, but did you know that that's not the only uh, parable in Luke chapter 15 about something lost being found? Right? Miss Rhonda read something last week. And Kaylin read something this morning. All right, and so you don't have to turn there, but just listen. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. All the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen to him, and the Pharisees and scribes were complaining. This man welcomed sinners and eats with them. So we told them this parable. What man among you who has a hundred sheep and loses one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the open field and go after a lost one until he finds it? When he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together, saying to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who don't need repentance. They go on, and, and what uh, Kaylin read today, and I'll just read the end of it where, where they found the coin, and she says, Rejoice with me, because I have found the silver, silver coin I lost. I tell you, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. And, of course, we know the story of the prodigal son and, and just you know, how, the, how the father met, uh, met the son and, uh, and they threw him a big party and rejoiced. Hey, we're going to party. We're going to have a great time rejoicing over somebody who is lost being found. Amen? And that should be our, our, one of our goals as Christians is, is to help win people for the, uh, for the kingdom of, of Jesus Christ. Um, so... We should have more joy than that, by the way. And this is a tough one on me because football season is about to start. All right. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm a big Gator fan. Boo, boo me if you want to. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I get really excited uh, when we win and not so excited when we lose. But, it, you know, I just had this comment that I wrote on here. We should have more joy over that than our favorite team winning the game. You know, and that's a, and that that convicts me. You remember, it preaches to me first. Okay, I always say that it preaches to me first. So uh, we should definitely rejoice um, when people give their lives to Christ. Amen. All right, we should rejoice in the Lord everywhere and all of the time. But specifically, again, we're looking at specifics today. Number two, specifically, when prayers are answered. When prayers are answered, and we're going to look more at this next week. By the way, we're going to look more in detail about prayer. Uh, about not worrying. So if that's something that, that you know you, you struggle with, um, come come see us again next uh, next Sunday. I think we'll throw some water on somebody and have a fifty uh, year anniversary thing. All right, I can't promise that. Just what I heard. What I heard. Okay. All right. Um, so John sixteen verse twenty four says, "Until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, so that your joy may be complete. So that your joy may be complete." Um, and the idea is that we rejoice in God whenever prayers are answered. In God. Uh, Psalm 66, verses 16 through 20 says, Come and listen, all who fear God, and I will tell what He has done for me. I cried out to Him with my mouth, and praise was on my tongue. If I had been aware of malice in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. However, God has listened. He has paid attention to the sound of my prayer. Blessed be God. He has not turned away my prayer or turned His faithful love from me. And so when our prayers are answered, how do you feel when, you're, when your prayers are answered? 
pretty great thing, right? You know, I mean, pray for this brother right here, and he's he's sitting right here in this pew, you know, and, and we didn't know that was going to be the case a couple months ago. Right, and so it's it's a it's a great thing. Um, there, there was a, a guy named Horn, a commentator named Horn, who said the prayer which is heard is the prayer of a penitent, heartily grieved and wearied with sin, hating and longing to be delivered from it, going to God with with humility. Um, there is joy whenever our prayers are answered. Uh, D. L. Moody once said, "I'd rather be able to pray than be a great preacher." Jesus Christ never taught his disciples how to preach, but only how. Amen. So if you've, uh, have you guys ever watched the movie War Room? War Room? Okay, if you've never watched that movie, I, I would highly recommend it. Okay, and it's about, you know, it's a lot of things in there, but it's basically about prayer. You know, and, and this part, this young lady going to her prayer closet and, and just praying to God and, and God changing, uh, changing things in her life in response to prayer. And so uh, I encourage you to do the same thing, you know. Uh, find the place to pray, uh, and and we make it. We always tell our daughters, you know, you don't, your eyes don't have to always be closed. You know, it's okay. It's okay to pray. Um, you know, with their eyes open. You know, a lot of people like to pray when they're driving a vehicle, and I'm glad that their eyes are opened. So, uh, amen. Um, and you know, it, it just just pray. Another old old uh, teacher joke is: as long as there's tests in school, there always be prayer in school. But anyway, but pray, pray, amen. All right. We should rejoice in the Lord everywhere and all of the time. Uh, specifically, when we face problems and difficulties. Number three, when we face problems and difficulties. See, and this is a tough, right? Because it is it's against our natural inclination as humans. Because what do we do when things get tough? Oh man, woe is me! Oh, man, I'm going through such a hard time. We want to make sure everybody around us knows. That we're going through a hard time, right? And we develop that "woe is me" mentality when things are tough, and, and you know. And, and of course, uh, the old saying is, "There's probably somebody who has it worse than you, anyway," right? Uh, which there is some truth to that, you know. Uh, go to another country, go on a mission trip, and you will, we will see uh, there is there will be a side effect to your to your mission rather than just sharing the gospel, and that will be you'll probably have some more appreciation. Okay, of, of uh, you know, your situation at home. Um, but, you know, it kind of reminds me of, of a story. I just shared this with, with Ethan and them in school um, that, you know, I can't remember all of it, but basically there were some wildfires in California years and years ago, and they would scoop up water, these big old things, scoop up water from the ocean and then carry it out to the fires and pour it on there, right? Apparently, and I don't know if this is an urban legend or what, but apparently a surfer was out there and they scooped him up one minute he's surfing the waves you know hang tin or whatever and the next moment he's flying he's in a a bucket above the trees and then you know sad part is i mean i don't think he made it from you know uh i don't again i don't know if that's true but you think you're having a bad day just uh you know think about something like that but the fact remains that when a person walks with the lord the person can continue to rejoice even when troubles come so, so here, here's the deal. Not only are you going to face tough times as Christians, we've said this many times from the pulpit, because okay? um, not only do you have the world against you, but as Christians you have Satan against you. Okay? Um, but it's, life is going to be tough. The Bible tells us as Christians we will face persecution. It doesn't say we might, 
that say, you know, maybe, you know, we will. We will face tough times. And so the question is that I ask myself is, do I just endure it? Or do I have joy through it? And I'm, like I said, it preaches to me first. And I, I can honestly say I don't know that I always have, I don't know that I can rejoice in suffering the way I should. And that's just your, your, uh, your, your preacher being honest with you. Um, Jesus spoke of those who could rejoice even when persecuted and killed. In Matthew 5, verse 12, He says, uh, when He was doing the Sermon on the Mount, You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of Me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. Like, even while we're going through tough times, brother? Yes, that's what it said. So it reminds me of a story. I'm sure Miss um, Lowe knows this. Uh, I, I love Miss Lowe, by the way. She was an awesome teacher. Um, learned a lot in her class. Uh, probably more than any other class, by the way. I'm not just saying that. All right, learned a lot in your class. Um, but in 1555, as part of her campaign to reestablish the Catholic Church in England, Queen Mary, who was also known as Bloody Mary, all right, arranged for John Philpot, one of the leading Protestant ministers of the day, to be burned at the stake. When his death sentence was pronounced, Philpot said, I am ready. God grant me strength and a joyful resurrection. Philpot walked to the place of execution on his own rather than having to be dragged to it. He walked boldly to it rather than being dragged. And when he reached it, he knelt and kissed the stake at which he would be burned. Whew. I don't know about you guys, but I just... I don't know. That that pumps me up. The, the the idea of someone having such faith and and having joy in the situation that that uh, that he was about to face, unbelievable. Paul wrote of rejoicing and suffering because of the final fruit that would result. Romans chapter five, verses three and five, three through five. If you're taking notes, he says this, and not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So in that joy and afflictions, it also is producing something in us that's going to lead to hope. Also notice what happens as a result of these persecutions. Like I said, uh, character and hope. We can have ultimate joy whenever we face afflictions because of that. Um, 1 Peter 1, verses 6 through 8 says this, You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief and various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which though perishable is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though not seen Him now, you believe in Him. And you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy. Amen. And if, like I said, if you're new here, we, we like to read the Bible a lot because he's a whole lot more qualified than I am. That God's Word. Amen. Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. James chapter 1. I'm sure Miss Rhonda could have told you that. Uh, or, um, it's because we've been going through the book of James. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Full of glory, full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. Amen. So, can we do this? I mean... Can we really rejoice during bad times? I, I, you know, it's a challenge to all of you. Um, I, there's another one I want to go to is Habakkuk. We don't read from Habakkuk a lot in, in churches, but uh, I just love what Habakkuk says in chapter 3, 
Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. And listen to what he says. You don't have to go there if you just want to listen to me. It says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there is no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food. So though nothing is growing, right? Any farmers in the house? Okay, former farmers. My dad's a farmer, so we know about that. Okay, though the flocks disappear from the pen. That wouldn't be good. Right, brother? And there are no herds in the stalls. Yet I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountains, mountain heights. Amen. May that be our attitude as Christians. That regardless of our situation, it, um, we still have joy. And again, that goes back to last week, right? We're defining joy versus happiness. Happiness is depending upon my circumstances. If the Gators win, I'm happy. If they lose, I might not be happy, right? All right? Joy is, is continual, okay? You have it. It's contentment in Jesus Christ, knowing regardless of what happens in my circumstances, I have Jesus and He has it in control. Amen? One of my favorite passages, may we be the same. We should rejoice in the Lord everywhere and all the time. But specifically, one, more la- uh, one last um, point here, when we partner with others. Fellowship. I mean, I, I don't know uh, how you guys feel, but I just like coming to church and just seeing people that, that I know love me. You know, I've had a lot of great things, a lot of nice things said about me. I paid a lot of money for them to do that. Okay? I'm just playing. All right? But, uh, but you know, it's just awesome. They're, you guys are great with my kids. My kids love you. You love them. Sally. So it's a really big blessing to us to come here. We thank you for that. I know you feel the same about your church. And it should be that way. Fellowship. Fellowship. In fact, I didn't know I was going to say this, but I, I saw a thing on Twitter said one of the reasons why um, t- uh, people, while teenagers stay in church rather than leaving, and a lot of them leave, is because they know they're going to be taught the Word of God. And number two, they know people have invested in them. They know their church family loves them and takes care of them. Uh, I can tell you when I went to, uh, to Beach Project one summer with Campus Outreach when I was at Biosa State, went to Daytona, and it wasn't for party, I'll tell you that. We, we worked, we had a job. I worked in a laundromat at a Howard Johnson's hotel all summer, okay, uh, under the ground level. So you know how hot it was. But anyway, and it was rough, but they, they plugged every single one of us into a church, a local church. So that Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, we were at that church. And those people took care of us. And we might actually get invited to, to have a, a meal, at, at uh, a home-cooked meal at somebody's house which we didn't get all summer. So, you know what I mean? Like during the week. And so it was huge to have people wrap their arms around us and love us, even though they didn't really know us. So fellowship, fellowship and partnering with people. There's joy there. Uh, Listen to a few few references. Uh, 2 Timothy 1 verse 4, Paul says, Remembering your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. When Paul, uh, in the book of 1 John, uh, in verses uh, 3 and 4 in chapter 1, it says, What we have seen and heard we also declare to you, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father, with the Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And, and connecting together. He says it again in 2 John about the joy being made complete. And then back in uh, the first verse of chapter 4 in Philippians, what we're in right now. So then, my dearly loved and longed for brothers and sisters, my joy and crown. In this manner, stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. Like, my joy and crown is together, is being together. 
And I hope you're not like um, the, the, the following uh, people that think the following uh, nine things whenever you're at church. Uh, maybe you're thinking, that uh, did I turn the pot roast off before I left? Or did I turn the iron off before I left? Or um, will the person behind me ever hit the right note? I don't know who that could be in here. Um, maybe me. Um, 90 minutes until kickoff. That might be going through your head. Um, or where are my car keys? Or what are the chances of that chandelier falling and hitting me on the head? Will that actually will that do that? Or how many people here have lost more hair than I have? All right, that's a good one. All right. Um, I wonder if there are any donuts left in a church kitchen from Fellowship. That's at the churches that give donuts. We don't. So then, all right, anyway. Uh, and then, how many verses are we going to sing in this song? All right, hopefully, that's not that's not your mentality. Uh, it should not be a place that you dread going to. Amen. Should have joy, joy in the Lord, um, as we are together with one another in fellowship. And hopefully, our church has has, has been that way for you guys. We should rejoice in the Lord everywhere and all the time. And I want to add a few other things because I think that you know, there's no way I could have done a sermon. Um, uh, you know, I'm gonna try to get it done. You know, by 12 now. Uh, just a, the little bit of points that I have here. But I did want to say that it's also in the regular, what you would call mundane things of life too, that we should have joy in. Um, Proverbs 5, verse 18 says, Let your fountain be blessed and take pleasure in the wife of your youth. All right? And in, in, your, in your husband, in your wife, you know, and your kids, your family. Even in food, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3-5, through 5, it, there's a reference about food. Right? Everything created by God is good. Nothing's to be rejected if it's received with thanksgiving. Right? So you want some pickles? Pick. Have some. Have that. All right. Right, Ethan, where are you, bro? All right. Or some raccoon. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Uh, and some of, these, some of these things people be eating that some of these, like, men's, you know, get-togethers. Well, I'm like, I don't know. Y'all go ahead. Um, you know, in celebrations um, is another one. In, in, in the uh, Old Testament, you'll see... Mentions of things like the festival of shelters, and you know, it's a, it's a, a, re, a time of rejoicing. Um, in weddings, right? In weddings, uh, I mean, uh, yesterday I went to a wedding of, of Miss Brown. She teaches at, at, uh, at the middle school. I talked with her two years ago. Really sweet lady, and and uh, went to the wedding. And man, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was in the um, what's it called over there down the. Advent Christian Village. Have you ever been to the church there? Oh my goodness, it's beautiful. And um, there are a lot of people. Uh, you know, it took like 15 minutes for the people to come down. You know, for uh, but it was it was really really beautiful. And the the look on the groom's face when when uh, Miss Miss Vanessa came out, well, it, it was priceless. It was priceless. I mean, he was just smiling from ear to ear and. He could not contain his joy. All right, he was so excited, uh, and then it was it was really really cool. After they even did the the um, did their vows and all. Um, the sad part of this is her dad died about a year ago, um, and it was it was like about an hour delayed uh, because she was so emotional. I found out later, you know, and that's another side, side thing. I admit that I was impatient, and and I admitted, you know, I was like, why, man, it started at four. Why it's five o'clock? We haven't started. So I was sending Sally text message, still hadn't started, still hadn't started, you know. And then to find out later what it was was that she was just really emotional, 
and uh, then she had to clean up and get, you know, and just, um, so that made it even more special to find that out. And, and uh, after they did the vows, the groom, uh, the groom said, well, can I, can I add, thing, add one thing, uh, Pastor? And uh, which I've done many weddings. I've never had that happen, you know. Um, but the preacher was really flexible and really cool with it. He said, yeah, brother, go ahead. And uh, he said, and he just looked at her and said, I promised your, your, uh, your dad before he died. That I will take care of you, and I actually wrote a song. Wrote a song for you, and he sang like the lyrics of the song, and can't sing no better than me. Which okay, <laughs> some of y'all, it's not good, um, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I was smiling the whole time, like by, you know, I might have shed a tear or two. Don't judge me, you know. But I was like, that's beautiful. All right, that guy just sang a song to his wife because of the joy in that marriage, and then in funerals. Amen. There should be joy in funerals. You know where you're going. You're giving your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You know where you're going. It's a home going for you. It should be a joyful time. And, you know, like Miss Bertha Johnson, I had a conversation with Miss Jan earlier about that, you know, and said that they, she just kind of thanked her group. And it was Miss Jan said it's like she was kind of telling us goodbye, you know, and because uh, she passed away that day. You know, um, but I, I bet she's rejoicing in heaven now. Amen. And so um, the house being together 50 years, you know, that's awesome. You know, we should have joy in these things. And, and may we sing as if we don't care who's listening, right? When we're, when we're singing in church. There's the old uh, brother Bill Clayton. Uh, I worked with him in Bradford County before I moved back here. He's done like three revivals at Burnham Christian Church. Uh, but he used to sing, a, sing an old song about a guy who couldn't carry a, carry a tune in a bucket, you know. It's like, please let me sing in the choir, in the choir. Please let me sing in the choir. One old man can't be all that bad. Would you please let me sing in the choir? You know, and, and if I love that because of, you know, the joy that's there. So we should rejoice in the Lord everywhere and, and all the time. And as we have about 30 more minutes left in the sermon, we're going to close. I'm just playing. All right. Uh, as we kind of wrap up here, now look at the why at the why and this is one that I was just thinking like man I don't know how some things sometimes things are just so obvious you don't know how to sometimes the more obvious things are harder to convey because we just think ah oh, I knew I know that already and we don't really think about the impact and what it really means and so I just simply wrote we are loved by him we are loved by him and I don't know about you guys but you know good parents good fathers good mothers don't you, like, don't you like to see your children smile and laugh? That's a beautiful thing. I love seeing my girls laugh. Okay, it's one of my favorite things. And I have joy. And I can't, I, I, I can't help but thinking that God's probably the same way. I, I, you know, I don't know that for sure, but it seems like, man, He delights in His children, I would, I would think, right? And I, I would think that, that He would look down and be like, man... I'm so glad to see them having joy. Even through tough times, they have joy. And the Bible tells us that we're supposed to anyway, so I don't think that's a stretch at all. all But Isaiah 42, verse 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and I will not give my glory to another. So it's all about God's glory. So we have joy, I believe in my heart, that that honors God and that gives God glory. Amen? Because it's all about Him anyway. John Piper, a pretty famous preacher, said the following quote, and I've said it probably two or three times, and you, can, you might have it memorized if you've been come, coming to church here for the last ten months. said, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. When we have contentment in Jesus Christ. We have that joy in our hearts. 
then God is glorified. Amen? So pray. Uh, you know, if you, are you most satisfied in Jesus? I pray that you are. Pray that you'll be satisfied in God. He is worthy. We have joy because He is worthy. He is God. This is something I just wrote. He gives us all good things, including joy. It's our strength and it's contagious. May we strive to have that joy where other people notice and want what we have. Amen. So as we ask Mr. Loris as I wrap up here today, um, there was a story told of a, of a young girl who accepted Jesus Christ as her Savior and she applied for membership in a, in a local church. And whenever whenever uh, she did that, um, an old deacon asked her, were you a sinner before you received the Lord Jesus into your life? Yes, sir, she replied. Well, are you still a sinner? To tell you the truth, I feel I'm a greater sinner than ever, sir. Then what real change have you experienced, then, young lady? I don't quite know how to explain it, she said, except I used to be a sinner running after sin, but now that I'm saved, I'm a sinner running from sin. She was received into the fellowship of the church, and she proved by her consistent life that she was truly converted. And, and you know, you'll probably hear me say that again, because we're all sinners. And you're either running after sin or you're running from it because you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you don't want to go that route anymore. And you've turned from it. So I don't know your situation today, right? but for both of those situations, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus today. We're going to, have, we're going to sing a song. Uh, there's joy waiting for you. Right? And trust me, there's going to be a party in heaven if you give your life to Christ. Jesus is God's Son. He died on a cross for your sins. He rose in the grave the third day. And, and it's just a matter of, of confessing that. We acknowledge that, that Jesus died on the cross, He rose from, rose from the grave, right? that we will be saved. Right? And so it's, it's not rocket science. So if you never made that decision, I pray that you'll do that today. The altar is open. You can come speak to me. And Miss Sally's going to lead us in a song. We're going to stand.